Welcome, everyone, to our Thursday night Stargate Roundtable. We're happy to have all of you with us here. We have a little bit uh, a shorter staff tonight than we sometimes do, but uh, we are here to serve you, and we know we'll have a good uh, session tonight. So as we begin, uh, Caroline will do the opening meditation for us. Hello, everyone. This is Caroline Oceana Ryan. So if you just want to take a moment for yourself where you're breathing in deeply through the nose with mouth closed. And stay with that breath a moment and then breathe out slowly through an open mouth. And one, one or two more of those. Breathing in slowly. And stay there a moment and then breathe out through the mouth. Wonderful. Do that a few more times if you would. That just puts you in the heart space. It opens your energies. It helps you relax, let go of all the madness of the day, the to-do list, and, uh, people you've got to contact and emails you've got to send and on and on. Because really, modern life with all its quote-unquote conveniences um, isn't simpler. It might be faster in some ways, but then people feel like, oh, I've got to cram meaning and action and accomplishment into every minute. Really, you don't. Just you sitting there breathing, that's plenty. That's enough for all of us. That's enough for the universe. <laughs> that's enough for your higher self. That's fine. You don't have to prove anything. So just kind of relax for a moment. And you're going to see this beautiful sort of called a pillar of divine golden light or streaming golden light pouring down sparkling or silver light that's fine and it's just pouring down from the higher realms going straight down in the crown chakra filling up your entire being so that every molecule of your being is raised to a higher level a higher vibration if there's some area of your life where you would like to request healing from this beautiful divine light just do that now could be health, relationships, job, something you're going through emotionally. You could be stressed about finances, which is something we're taught to do. It's not helpful to stress about anything, really. It only brings a lower vibration into the situation, not a higher one. So you're just going to let go of that for the moment. Just open your hands. Let it go. Let it fly out in the universe. Watch it spin around and dissolve. Any stress or worry could be about something big going on in the world. That's all right, whatever it is. And you're just taking in this beautiful light into every cell. And the whole of your energy body and your aura, the radiance beyond that, just everything. So that really your whole home is just filled with this light in every area of your life. I'm going to ask a higher guide to come forward now. What we'd like you to do is if you could just speak with that beautiful divine being for a moment. And this is someone who knows you. Maybe it's an angel who's been with you your whole life. Maybe an ascended master you feel particularly close to. Could be anyone that you image as being a very loving, very encouraging, very beautiful and healing sort of presence. And you're going to just speak with them quietly. And you're just going to say, if there's something I need to know, some wisdom I need right now in particular, 
doesn't matter what about. Could be about what's going on with the world, the Schumann resonance raising so exponentially, the whole Earth's vibration is raising like mad. Could be with everything that's being revealed right now. Nothing is being hidden anymore. Everything's coming out into the light, including maybe something you're going through is a little hard for you to deal with some days. So if you can just let this beautiful being know what you're dealing with, they can already see it. They can read everything in your energy, and you're fine with that. They're not judgmental. They're not intrusive. And there's some wisdom that you are really needing right now and calling out for. You would just love to experience this. And just say to this beautiful being, you know, whatever wisdom I most require at this time, could you please impart that on me? Could you please send that into my innermost being energetically so that it comes up naturally in my thoughts and realizations, comes up in my heart space, not in a sort of sudden, you know, difficult way. It won't be a jolt to your energies. It'll be gentle. It'll have a beautiful light around it. And my feeling is it'll be encouraging and or quite enlightening. There's always, everybody has blind spots, you know, about everything in life, every area of life. And some, some areas of life we have a big blind spot because maybe we suffered some trauma there. Maybe we came in to understand things in a whole other level there. So just open up right now. While this dear one works with you, it's reaching out, he or she or they, <laughs> reaching out to your heart space, extending a hand toward your heart space and a beautiful ray of light is emanating from that hand, filling a heart space full of love. And just breathe in deeply, open the heart to receive. And breathe out slowly and easily. So this dear one is working with your spirit team of guides, angels, and higher self as well. Your wonderful friends who are always with you. You know you can speak to them at any time. You can speak to any ascended master, angel, or archangel at any time. They're not too busy to hear you. They don't live in time. They don't have busy schedules. <laughs> They're not you know, crushed by the clock or the calendar. They're completely free of all that. So you're taking this wisdom into every pore, every ounce of your being. And I read a beautiful meditation the other day, which you can do in like a minute, which is you imagine yourself out swimming in this beautiful endless sea, beautiful sort of aqua, greenish blue water that you might see in the tropics, just crystalline, pure water. And you can easily breathe under the water. So I always imagine myself with dolphins around me who are good friends. <laughs> and I'm just happily, happily swimming, you know, up above, head above the waves or swimming down under, under the water. And I can breathe easily and everything's wonderful. And I imagine this whole sea you know, you could make it about healing. You could make it a sea of abundance. You could make it a sea of peace of heart and mind. 
What is it that you are really crying out for right now? Might be just the opportunity to finally love and accept yourself completely. So open to that and allow that water, that beautiful sparkling crystalline water to pour into every single pore in your body, the pores of your skin open, and this beautiful water, this beautiful substance fills every molecule of your being. And of course you can't drown because you are perfectly matched with this vibration. It's just filling you up completely. So there's no separation between the joy you seek, the healing you seek, the wholeness. There's no separation between that and where you are. Wonderful. Anytime there's something you seek, you seek rather than say, oh gosh, it's not here, or there's not enough of that, or I can't seem to do that, just put yourself in that beautiful crystal clear aqua bright blue sea and allow yourself to absorb that beautiful presence that you're asking for. Wonderful. So we'll go back to our deep breathing, stay in this lovely receptive state, and we'll go back to Marita. Thank you so much. So if Marita well, wants to you. come back. Thank <laughs> you. I was having trouble getting my mute off. <laughs> yeah, I, I have problems with that too at times. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Caroline. You have been yeah. such a, a willing uh, servant here on this panel. And uh, uh, I know you have a very, very busy schedule. Why don't you tell people a little bit about uh, if they don't know what you do or how some of your uh, things work, why don't you tell us um, so that our listeners know what you have? Sure. Um, you can find me at carolineoceanaryan.com. You can Google that if you're not sure how to spell it, and you'll see my name <laughs> come up. Oceana is spelled like ocean with an A at the end. And um, I'm a channeler, and I channel this lovely group called The Collective. And they're a group of higher beings that includes the angels, um, many legions of angels, archangels, the ascended masters, uh, the fairy elders, earth elementals, um, lovely benevolent um, ETs, galactic brothers and sisters, and just other higher beings who are really wonderful and wishing to assist us right now because this is such a really challenging time to be on the earth, these ascension moments that we're experiencing. And so I do individual channeling sessions, and I um, every, um, well, every second and fourth Wednesday, I do a teleconference call, and those are the abundance group calls, and they're free and open to everyone. If you want to email me at ascensiontimes at gmail.com and say abundance group, please, or something like that, I can put your name on our or your email on our email list, and you'll get notices about when each call is coming up with the dial in information. Um, and right now, the reason I've been so busy that Marita's referring to is that I'm putting out a new series by the collective called the Joyful Well-Being Series. And there are four parts to that, um, having to do with abundance, good health, meaning eating healthfully and allowing good health and slimness, 
positive relationships, creating relationships that honor you, and um, self-love and inner peace. And the, the, these subjects I got because I sent out a survey in April of this year asking people what's hardest for you where food and eating is concerned, what's hardest for you, where your prime relationship is concerned, etc. And the responses were so phenomenal. They were so honest and so vulnerable and really beautiful. And I related strongly to a lot of what people said. And so then we created these four ebooks. books Well, the collective <laughs> wrote them. I just channeled them. I just wrote them down um, on abundance and health and relationships and self-love and inner peace. And um, then... Um, uh, we have an energy activation MP3 and a guided visualiza visualization MP3 for each of those areas. So there's one ebook and two MP3s to address each of those areas and specifically the issues that people brought up in when they answered the survey. So we're talking directly to what light bearers are dealing with right now. And people who have previewed it are very happy with it and say some some points they'll just kind of burst into tears <laughs> because something really affects them strongly. These are all very much full of energy work. That's mainly what the collective do. If you go to my uh, YouTube channel, Caroline Oceana Ryan um, is the name of that channel, uh, or just maybe do a search for my name, you'll see that I've got three videos up with energy work from the collective right now. So if you'd like to see those, if you prefer you're more visual and you prefer that, um, you'll see those. And they relate again to these four areas. Um, I'm gonna be on uh, a few days, in a few days I'll put up the one for um, self-love and inner peace. But um, it's to demonstrate the kind of energy work that the collective do. So um, thank you for the opportunity to explain that, Marita. <laughs> I'm glad you did because I think this is something that's so relevant and so much needed right now. And uh, I mean, we have we all have people in our lives that could benefit from this kind of support. So um, we appreciate you your willingness to be a channel for uh, the collective, and also uh, I know how much work it is to get all of this together. I mean, all the uh, well, the posts that you do, the podcasts kind of things, uh, you know, it takes a lot of time and energy. So, <clears throat> And <clears throat> uh, her willingness to step in here and help us uh, tonight, we're really a, a shorter team than normal. Um, Omina is still with her family in uh, Europe. Uh, they had uh, a death in the family, and then they had another uh, accident that happened with a younger family member. And... So they've had more than one death to deal with, and it's just yeah. been a really um, a, a stretch for her. And um, let's all uh, say a prayer for our dear angel Sue. We ask for divine intervention for the pain that she's uh, having and the healing <clears throat> and health of her body. And uh, she's in uh, a nursing home, which is not always getting uh, um the signal straight when when she needs care or when she needs to go somewhere. I mean, for example, she was to go to find out about getting a pacemaker and the the um, transportation company took her roommate instead yeah. of her, which is so just awful. so 
Uh, and I said, well, why didn't the roommate say something? And she said, well, they have transported her also to something. And she just thought she must have forgotten. But, you know, it's like it seems like if they come in the room and you know who they are, that Angel Sue, we're, we're just sorry that she didn't speak up more and say, hey, I think this is for me. But uh, anyway, it's uh, uh, she's I don't know what's going on with her arm, but she's uh, about to use um is having trouble with uh, using it, and so we're not sure. And so there's just uh, a lot of things that all of our uh, our family is just having challenges. And and Vanayak had something else uh, commitment tonight. Now I know that that um, Randy will be here, but he's ho hosting guests at his home, and he said he was going to be a little bit late coming on, so he will be here a little later. But so that gives you a rundown of what's going on in all of the uh, some of the panels' life and and things that are happening. So, anybody else want to speak up here and say anything before I talk to Rama? I don't know how many people are on the panel right now to speak up. <laughs> right. Problem, Marita. <laughs> oh, I guess I could say if the, if the collective didn't have anything to say, that just occurred to me. Um, I may quickly ask them. Um, okay, so what they're saying is that the um, the energies on the earth are really getting shaken up right now, and people are are feeling it, and they're wondering, am I going slightly nuts? Am I ill? Now, this isn't anything new. People have been saying this for the past decade or more, uh, but they're really kicking up right now. It's sort of a, a time of adjustment for the earth as she moves up to the next level. So just stay calm, drink a lot of water, stay calm. And, um, you know, if you feel like you really need to see a doctor or whatever, okay, that's that's totally that's totally up to you, but chances are you're um, with a lot of things like feeling a bit lightheaded, uh, feeling a little bit... Um, sometimes a little bit anxious, maybe the heart is going pitter-patter sometimes, but then it doesn't, you know, develop into anything awful, um, serious. Don't let that panic you. Just stay calm, and um, it will pass. So, yeah, thank you. Well, thank you, and just after I passed the mic to you, uh, Randy came on, and <laughs> yeah. uh, so let's see what, what's happening over there in your part of the world. Greetings, everyone. Well, I can concur with Caroline about the energies. It's been pretty wild over here. Everybody's saying what, what's going on with the sun and why is it so hot? And the temperature's not very high, but we always feel hot. And people are getting headaches, they're having vision problems, they're having coughing problems, and it's just ascension symptoms. Symptoms. Is it and very humid there? Some days it is, some days it isn't. Uh-huh. And the the thing is, it's it's supposed to be rainy season, and there isn't much rain. And the weather, like all around the world, and people ask, I said, well, it's just Mother Earth doing her thing. And this is the thing people have to realize that it's it's not just people that are ascending. The planet is ascending. Our entire solar system is ascending, and eventually, the whole Milky Way will ascend. This is the thing. This is why. The Earth is the greatest entertainment in the universe right now because we're we're taking the physical body with us into the other dimensions. We're not leaving it behind. This is what's so fantastic about what's going on. And 
you know, like Caroline had said, you have to go to the doctor, but the doctor, they haven't been trained in this stuff. They've been trained in solid things and they've been trained how to treat symptoms. And how do you treat ascension symptoms? You know, how do you, if someone says, well, doctor, I get up in the morning and I see things in, in my peripheral vision and maybe I'd be hearing things or I'm smelling things. And these are all our, what's happening is we're unwinding our own DNA. And the more we go into our heart, the more we open our heart, the more these things that are natural to us are coming back. Telepathic communication was the way eons go. We didn't do much verbal talking. It was all telepathic. Animals talk like that all the time. And you'll find, I've been reading about what some people do when they've been heavy traumatized and and they will begin to talk to animals as therapy. They're using animals as therapy. And they're finding out that just having the animal around, because the animal is speaking to them on another, on another level. And this is what's fantastic about some of these things that they're finding out now. But animals are more than just an emotional support item. They feel what's going on with the person. They know how to reach the person on a different level. So I will leave off with that. And everyone realized that the veil is getting very, very thin. So in your meditations and things, you may see things. You may see things even during the daytime. And that's fine because that's what this shift is all about. Namaste. Well, thank you. We're glad that you could be with us here. Um, uh, as you can see, we have a little shorter team tonight because Omina is still in Europe. And, uh, um, and I did... Uh, share with the group that she, uh, you know, she went there because her of the passing of her sister. But then another family member, a grandson of this sister, was killed in a freak accident, and so they've had another, um, another family member. And she said things just don't move as quick over there as we do. So she was staying until this was all settled down a little bit. So that's where she is, and. Uh, we send uh, love, light, and many blessings to all of Mina and her family. So, okay. I guess we're ready to go to Rama and find out who did you talk to this week? We always like to hear your stories and, and uh, what kind of phone calls you had and maybe some insights about what's, what's going on behind the scenes in this crazy um experience we're having <laughs> so rama who'd you talk to greetings <laughs> oh my happy sewing there we got happy sewing right so yeah. did did you have any interesting conversations or any phone calls or uh, experiences up on the mountain? What what happened to you this week uh, there, Rama? All of the above, right, Rama? Yeah, all <laughs> of the above. And the so veil, where do you want to start? <laughs> the veil is the thinnest on this night. Uh, one of two times a year. Yeah, the other one is Beltane. Yes. And right now, the way it's being described to me by the energy fields, 
is impeachment proceedings are happening at a very rapid rate and the amount of stuff that needs to be brought to the this forefront of the story is America needs a huge civics lesson and <laughs> how basic understanding, overstanding, understanding of how small d democratic republic works, not with the lobbyists, not with the president corruption that we have in every single branch of government, all three, even the fourth branch, the media is completely trashed. RT may be the only salvation, yet RT, they're limited in what they can say as well. They can't talk about what I talk about. And if no, they can't. And sometimes they occasionally do go into it. It's twisted. It's convoluted. It's not the truth. Well, no, there's a couple of times, like when there's a new star or a new planet or. Yeah. Then they're talking about it. And also bear in mind, Aji Pai is a lobbyist. Aji Pai is a lobbyist that was appointed by the Trump to take over the FCC, Federal Communications Commission. His vested interest is making money, not caring about people's privacy or what they talk about. but Or the truth. How's that? Or the, the truth. truth. <laughs> and at the same time, let's get that 5G in here and fry people. And, I mean, that's kind of what it's about. Well, how how is that going to be stopped? Is your people saying anything about that so deadly? Um, what I've been told is as the energies get higher and higher exponentially, as our, like Patty Cotto Robles describes, is our 12 solar strands of DNA are fully activated and things are happening exponentially. There are anomalies going on right now as the old energies can't handle the higher frequencies going on. And I could say that the... The actual circuits and technology they're creating for 5G can't withstand the frequencies that are coming in. And there's going to be a, a lot of mishaps with how they're playing with those technologies as they're setting them up. I... I just know it's not in the right order or scheme of things with the bands of energy they use to communicate because it is detrimental to the physical form. And also in... So as it comes to your town, then what can we do to shield 
that energy because it permeates everything. There are technologies that can keep the radiation. I, um, I know it has to do with those orgone energy blasters. The um, All of those. We have yeah. quite a few of those. Yeah. And the um, chemtrail busters, holy hand grenades, they're also called on the internet. <laughs> and as you place these at the base of these actual telephone poles where the 5G towers are, because they're right in neighborhoods, they, the Orgo's energy blasters disrupt the 5G energy, just like they disrupt the chemtrails. So does it disrupt the communication part or just the, the uh, part that's harmful to us? The part that's harmful to us. So it, it's they're not going to know that they're there uh, protecting people? No. What's, what was the question, Marita Robert? Say that again. I, he answered it. I said, I, the, so that uh, those that place the 5G there won't know that we are doing something to mitigate mitigate the uh, damaging effects. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, the, the, no, it will not be noticed. Okay. We have had had a huge tower placed on the top of the Ski Valley Mountain down in Santa Fe. This is years ago, and it was sending out these bad energies. And so all these people from uh, everybody and their dog that knew how to build these things, they just built them, and then they went up there and they – did a whole ceremony them. and they placed them all over around where they couldn't even see what they were doing. And it really made a difference. Everybody could tell. Yeah. It was pretty amazing. <laughs> oh, of course, I would just venture to say that the people that live in Santa Fe are in general pretty much aware, um, mm, yeah. generally speaking, so they can pick up those energy changes. Overall this week, it's been just the folks I've been talking to is this gradual uh, calling out the issues that are going on right now with the basic tenets, how this cadre of criminals are not following the Constitution or to the letter of the law, so to speak. And it brings in what Nancy Pelosi talked about today, that um, this man considers the Constitution uh, a tissue he can throw away, and the emoluments clause is, you know, considered nothing, making deals with foreign leaders, to undermine the basic tenets of our Constitution, uh -huh. like bribery, uh, corruption, collusion, 
on Tom Hartman, they were saying that the emoluments clause was number one. That's right. And then number two was um, um, bribery, like you said. And then obstruction of justice was the third one. And then there's something that's classified inside high crimes and misdemeanors, which is mismanagement of the office that's and right. all of the appointed heads in the administration. I mean, there is so much, uh, you know, putting Rick Perry in charge of the Department of Energy. That is like putting, um, <laughs> you know, uh, I, I mean, it's <laughs> putting Lex Luthor in charge of, you know, making sure there's no crime in the city, which is there a was, joke. There was, <laughs> tell people what his background is. Who's background now, Marita? What you're just talking about, the Rick Perry. Oh, Rick Perry's from Texas. He was the uh, he was the governor, governor of, Te of Texas for a long time, and he had the most executions of people of color and people who were and the most executions <sighs> of people that didn't do it. Yeah, innocent people. Unbelievable. And he's tied in with the deals that were made uh, with uh, the Ukraine. And yes, he was in the middle of it with Mr. Uh, Mr. I Spy uh, Giuliani <laughs> and uh, Sondland. And they made these deals way, way ahead of time, at, which is a violation. It's called bribery. Yes. Total 100% bribery. And then this um, colonel, um, the, the one that testified yesterday, what's his name again? Mm. Uh, Vo Voland, or I don't know. I'm, anyway, he's, 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 he's also Jewish. So there is something going on here where there's um, his family escaped. And also, um, the Orthodox Jews are pro-Trump. And so there's a difference. See, the Orthodox Jews, they don't want anybody to live in Israel except Jews. And they don't want to have anybody else have any rights whatsoever. None. And so that's a really big deal. Because there's a big They're difference. They're kind of xenophobic at that level. It's about the Khazars wanting their Khazarian empire. See, we're, we're, we're a part of this, um, this project, which is St. Germain's United States of Altia America. Uh, you know, the idea was to bring a melting pot of every kind of person that you could possibly imagine and offer the diversification and the multiple uh, uh, access to uh, um, learning of every kind from every possible situation and, sit and civilization on this planet. And it's yeah. completely... But my question, that I'm sorry to interrupt. <laughs> my question no, that, go ahead. My question to St. Germain is, what do you do 
with the fact that the North American continent was already inhabited by millions of people who'd been here for thousands of years, and combine that with the doctrine of discovery, which says if you find somebody who's not a Christian, who doesn't worship the way you say you ought, they ought to worship, you can kill them and steal their land, and that's perfectly fine. They're a heathen. They're not a human. Yeah, well, no? that, that's got to do with St. Germain. St. Germain is in charge of the Nasara project, and it started back at the time when he came in through Queen Elizabeth I, and, uh, and he designed the Rosicrucian teachings. He created the uh, 33rd degree Masonic teachings, yes. and they turned all this powerful energy to a dark vector. You might yeah, I can kind of I can kind of hear him because he's in the collective. So it just occurred to me I can kind of hear him right now, and he's saying that it was never meant the country was never meant to be a vehicle for the doctrine of discovery. It was meant to 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 void it. It was meant to dissolve it. Exactly, mm -hmm. absolutely, and that that uh, which we call a revised edition of the King James of the Burton version of the Bible, St. Germain, as Sir Francis Bacon revised it in his own handwriting, yeah. and that is contained in the Bruton Vaults, which yeah. are in Virginia, in uh, Williamsburg, Virginia, Yes, uh, about 10 feet underneath the uh, original, um, uh, what's the name of that, the Bruton Parish uh Bruton Parish Church there. Yeah. And Rama and I went there. And, and we actually found where it is in the yes, cemetery. Yes, we stood right over it. Wow. I'm telling you. And you felt like you were being lifted off the earth about five feet. Ten feet. <laughs> it's just wow. like, uh, and, and, you know, we kind of, we were gentle, but we kind of, you know, question the lady that was giving all the stories, you know, as you go into the parish church and stuff. And you could see that she didn't want to talk to us. <laughs> I'll bet not. No. But um, that's that's a Unitarian uh, derivation, that church. You know, I mean, it's not they don't even call them churches. You know, they don't consider themselves a church, but they consider themselves eclectic people that believe in the philosophy of deism mm -hmm. uh, and 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 when you go into the parish uh, 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 church I'm just using it as a way of saying something but uh, there's gold-plated typed uh, pla uh, uh, plates uh, that are on the front of the pew uh, of where the chair or the seat, in the pew, it's the name of that person's place. Like Thomas Jefferson always sat in that same place every time. And John time. Adams and John George Adams Washington. And George Washington and Thomas and uh, Benjamin Franklin, all these people. And, I mean, it's pretty powerful because they believed in the deism, meaning that they believed that it was possible not to die. Yeah. Period. And, of course, the fear was still there, you know, because uh, – and that's uh, that's what uh, St. Germain said to them. I said, sign this. 
and I will make sure that your posterity will get the job done. And you live by why you came here and what you did this for and get your John Henry on here right now. You know, it took him four months. It didn't happen all in one day. And Rama, do you see the uh, message there from uh, Randy about asking about uh, um, wants to know what's behind the closing of all the Israeli embassies? I saw some of that in various Faction 1, Faction 2 websites, and I'm not sure exactly what to say about it, except that there is an internal war going on between the Khazars and Netanyahu and the folks that, you know, to this day. Their is, access to power is being clipped. Israel is a failed state that was built on the backs of the Palestinian people. This country's always been called Palestine since the from the beginning. And well it's it will be. And I mean Judea was a part of Palestine and all of the various biblical names. And this is a larger convoluted story that has to do with Sumeria and Babylon. And well, why do you suppose they're shutting down all the embassies, though? Very possibly, it has to do with I a confrontation between yeah. the light and the dark. And I, I think a lot of the things that are going on is that you know the various countries that we can call them that but they aren't quite that but um they are rebuking what israel's doing because they know now that um that's a war major war crime they have an open prison there where they're basically denying them the right to live and max blumenthal was Arrested, arrested earlier this week for Friday. No, last week, Friday. Yes. It was only hours after he put out an article which uh, described in English that the attempt to overthrow Maduro in Venezuela by Guaido, uh, uh, a funded operative of the United States, and declare that he would be the head of the country, you know. Yes. Uh, that it was a completely 100% fraud and a failed state, failed attempt, you know. And within hours, they, 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 they made up a phony thing where back in May, some lady that was pro-Guido said that Max, Max Blumenthal. Blumenthal accosted her or assaulted her or something. Yeah, and it's a one hundred percent. Yeah, uh, uh, the the gray stone, the gray zone editor Max Blumenthal has been arrested on false charges after reporting on Venezuelan opposition violence outside the D.C. embassy back in May. This has to do with Trump and Mike Pence. And our black ops, you know, targeting journalists and, you know, killing journalists. This is why Julian Assange 
you know, blaze the violet fire. This is this is a manufactured case, and it's part of a wider campaign of political persecution, i.e., someone like Chelsea Manning, Matt, Julian. Julian Assange, and they've got Edward kids, Snowden. Edward Snowden. Edward Snowden did a what an hour and a half long interview with what's his name? Joe Rogan. <laughs> I haven't listened. I, I wouldn't be worried about Joe Rogan, Rogan because Ed Snowden is much stronger than. Yeah, Joe than Rogan is a trip. Yes, but we're just going to just know right now that it's becoming obvious to the world that as someone is speaking truth to power, they end up being persecuted. Yes. And it's getting pretty serious. I say it's really serious. Yeah. I and mean, the, it. Kind of brings up a little bit of like, you know, looking over your shoulder right at this time as, you know, they're playing with, you know, the Nazi story all over again. Yeah. (sighs) And I know what time it is. We got a little time here. I just maybe Rama back on Monday. I, I just read this really quickly so that. I received a call mid-morning today from Natasha. Mr. al-Baghdadi was killed in Syria in 2017 by the Russians. Yes. Uh, In other words, this is another ploy of the Trump administration to try to distract people from the impeachment proceedings. And Don and Doug, I don't know who's listening here, but... All these fires in California are done on purpose by the Trump administration. Yeah. They're using that weather modification technology and and they're combining it with a collaboration with PG&E. And again, we got to re- remind people that back in the 70s, late 60s, PG&E were told they needed to bury those wires those big, thick, heavy wires. I needed to bury them, and they didn't want to do it. Cause that Reagan library got saved, I mean. Oh, yes, of course. Da, 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 da. <laughs> Shining knights in white armor. <laughs> what can I say? Can't destroy the last thing anybody needed to save. <laughs> oh, the very, very last. But I don't know about the Diablo nuclear power plant in California. That's another deal. Yeah, now that's dangerous. That is dangerous. They're playing with fire and nuclear, a uh, nuclear plant. And yeah, a, that is not and that's, cool. That Diablo Canyon nuclear plant sitting on two fault lines. Yeah, and it's extremely unstable. And again, Rama was told that the Ashtar Command knows exactly how to handle that. Yes, but I can remember a long, long time ago, decades and decades ago, that. Um, they were be planning that when things got really tough, that they would destroy L.A. And that they would take the entire function of the – and it, it is the fifth largest economy in the world, not the sixth, because it's larger than London economy now, uh, England, U.K., the United States, uh, California is the fifth largest economy in the world, and they would just love to take its economy out mm-hmm. completely. And that is not a thing, but I'm just 
saying that's how serious of a situation we have right now. And uh, blaze the violet fire, and um, this is the bewitching hour. Talk about witches. Uh, it is. And I, I and Tara, when you say they are taking this out, better explain who it is that's who's they that want to take it all out. Okay, the entire Republican Party is owned lock, stock, and barrel by the billionaires. Yes. 100%. And the, the, and the billionaires are wanting to bring a complete, total fascist state into play, which means we've got Mussolini and Hitler in the mix as Donald Trump was an intentional designer human that they mixed the DNA of Hitler and the DNA of Mussolini in a Petri dish and implanted it into the womb of the Dutch royal princess who had him, birthed him, in South Africa. And, there, and the law says you may not run for president unless you are naturally born. So this is a complete violation from the very beginning. He had no right to run, not even. But that's not anything that they care about because they want to take over this seat of Washington, D.C. as the seat of power and create a fascist global state, which they've pretty much done. Yes, Rob. And I would also like to say the fail-safe mechanism about this that they can't get past is like what Randy said in the beginning, that the planet, the sun, the solar system, this galaxy, the local universe is changing. And they are not going to be able to withstand the light pouring in right now. That is that transformational, transfigurational light that you have to surrender to love. That is the nature of the goddess and that magnetic energy and they don't fit into that picture. Therefore they the, have, Chil the Chilean president had to cancel two major events that are scheduled to be held in Chile because there's hundreds of thousands of people in the streets every single day. And they're using live fire and they're killing them in the streets. Same thing's going on in Iraq. Uh, I mean, uh, 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 and the people don't, they're not giving up. So we had to cancel the COP25 climate change council event there. And what was the other one? Oh. Uh, something about, uh, I don't know. But it, it, it's a very large event. And uh, and President Trump and uh, President Xi were supposed to meet down there at those events. Anyway, the whole thing is canceled and there's the same kind of thing going on. I mean, this is the 46th or 47th week that the yellow vest movement has been in the streets to the tunes of hundreds of thousands every single weekend for 47 weeks. Wow. That's close to a year. Yeah. And, uh, uh, um, Ecuador's got the same problem. Haiti, oh. uh, Ecuador, Peru, Haiti, Hong Kong, Iraq, um, 
I mean, the people are finished with the entire global elite. And I was re-listening to Professor, the professor with, uh, who's the Marxist without the horns, Professor Richard, Richard Wolf. And this was back in October. Uh, he was just saying, uh, you know, they can't keep doing quantitative easing anymore. There's nothing to pull on anymore. There isn't. There's no backing at all for this. And the, um, you know, like at least $20 billion a month now, you know, they were doing it uh, back in 2010, 11, 12. They were doing $90 billion a month. And then they went down to 80 and 70 and 60. And now it's going back up to 40 and $50 billion a month. It's out of thin air. That's just something they want to do to keep propping it up to say, hopefully stay in power. And the, they're, they're coming up against the energies going so much higher that it's causing their physicality not to be able to stay in place. That, that is the That's deal. The, do- the bottom line. I don't know if I said that well enough. Uh, do we have our guest here? Marita? No, I don't think so. I just sent a note here for uh, uh, Don to call him. So, And see, what the other thing is, is that um, the central banks in the different countries, they, in the past, they have used the U.S. currency as the reserves on hold, uh, banking on that, you know, the 10 years before the last 10 years, that they could always bank on U.S. currency to be solid. Well, they can't fall back on it at all anymore. So all bets are off. And uh, he basically just said that any time now, and the whole thing, and just, just to remind everybody, just to avoid any inconvenience, it would really be highly recommended that you take any kind of money, even if it's just you got a little bit, but you got, you want to be able to have it uh, during the shift. And that means that you need to mo- it would be, be required to get yourself into a credit union that is a non-FICA credit union, meaning it's not inside the Federal Insurance Corporation of America insurance plan, because everything that's inside that, whether they call it a credit union or not, it's going to go bye-bye. In other words, all the currency that you have in there or anything you call money will be gone and it will never come back. They're going to haul them out on these... uh, you know, those wooden flats. Clep pallets. Clep pallets. And they're going to burn them all. And then they got the, you know, within between three and seven days, then they're only going to have rainbow bills in all the banks. And all the banks will no longer be of the old. And, of course, there will be 500,000 people that will have been arrested all at once. And today, Rama talked to Tom the Ringtail Cat about that. And he said that, he said it definitively, 
Tom the Ringtail Cat sent me a text message at about noon today. He said, Lord Rama, the impeachment proceedings are moving very quickly forward, and the word out there is President Trump will indeed be impeached and removed right along with all the rest of the 500,000 accomplices in everything from bribery, treason, high crimes, and misdemeanors. The final word is here at this Samhain Eve of one of two days a year at the thinnest veil. Between words, the final word is merry meet and merry part. May the blessings of the goddess be upon us all. Namaste, Michelle, for president of the Wise Council of Elders. Yeah. Uh, do we have our guest here now? <laughs> no? <laughs> okay. Caroline, you got some thoughts? Is he said he doesn't answer uh, that uh, I was muted and, and trying to speak. Uh, and that uh, he said two other shows had guests skip on them tonight because it was Halloween. But I talked to him on this phone number. Uh, two days ago, and he confirmed that he would be here. So I'm looking to see if I can find another number. Um, uh, so you go ahead and continue if you have anything uh, else that you want to uh, sure. share, and I'll mute out. I just was going to ask Caroline, does the collective have any contributions that uh, are that are they are they telling you something? Uh Boy, that's a good one. <laughs> as far as like, you know, the impeachment situation or as far as the banks or um, anything specific you're thinking of? Well, it certainly is all synergistically orchestrated. Oh, For instance, China is a few years away from being poverty-free, not a single person in poverty within a couple of years. That is so big. And, yeah. and China is in Israel, it's in Lebanon, it's in, in Iran, in Africa, in, in Iraq, in Venezuela, and other parts of South America, and they're doing their own trading with different kinds of uh, – trade things and they're leaving the United States completely out of it. Completely and totally. And I think that something the news, the media doesn't like to talk about is the millennials and the young people of China are transforming China because they even though they're restricted with the internet. They it's have, a kind of a forced thing. You've got to stay within the communist framework. I, they're saying that they are making a revolution and going beyond communist China. Well, what what the collective are telling me is that countries like China, there's a number of countries, number of governments around the world that are cooperating with ETs in a very positive way. And they're possibly, I don't know, maybe their technology infrastructure is being rehauled. Um, but I think, you know, they're just assisting them on a lot of levels, um, helping them purify the food and the water and whatnot. But they are a government and, and much of Europe, Western Europe has been refusing that. And um, they don't, they fear losing complete control. So there's a difference in terms of how the 13 families handle certain countries and how far, how many, 
what what sort of serious inroads that they they've established in those countries. Some of them they rebuffed a bit. So um, it's interesting. Um, I know that uh, Caroline the, uh, and the collective that. Uh, Back in 2013, when they had the, the citizens' hearings, and the representative from China said that they have accepted ETs as a as a as a normal day of regular thing for at least 20 years. Back then, they yeah. said. So that's, that, what, that's uh, what they seem to be saying. Yeah. Yep. So so even though they're doing a a thing that doesn't appear to be something that the West would want to do. The Galactics are making big, influential moves. I oh, they are, and there's the collective was saying that they're not going to allow um, the Galactics and and higher beings, etheric beings, aren't going to allow California to be destroyed, whether by fire or economic takedown or anything else. They're just not going to allow that. It would seriously imbalance the whole country and then part, whole parts of the world. And another thing that Tom, the ringtail cat, told Rama today is that. All the corporations that are that are criminal, you know, fascist uh, controlling corporations, they're all going to get the death penalty at the same time. That means if you're doing any business with, say, Monsanto or the Koch brothers or the Koch brothers or Bayer over there in Germany, all those corporations are getting the death penalty and you will not be able to purchase any of their stuff. Johnson and Johnson all of these people will be getting their death penalties. And in a sense, it's going to be forcing us to look at what's healthy and what's according to the laws of nature and nature's God, because everything else is not going to be accessible. Yeah. I think that the hug doctor is here now. <laughs> <laughs> Quite an announcement. <laughs> I pass the talking stick to you, Marita Roberts. Hello? Uh-oh. Don't hang up. Like our doctor's on the line now. Um, and, and, did we lose Marita? Yeah, maybe. Commander Don, did we lose Marita? <laughs> no. No, we haven't lost her. We well, um, can't hear. <laughs> unmute your phone. She's Maybe. gone from her computer. Oh, Marita. Oh, Marita's gone from. Okay, is there anything else that the collective wants to say about anything? <laughs> All right, I'm just going to chime right in here. We have the hug doctor with us, and uh, Marita. For some reason, we cannot hear you. But we'd love to. You have a beautiful voice. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to introduce the Hug Doctor. Hey, folks. On Stargate Roundtable right now is the oh, Hug yeah. Doctor. Oh. Welcome to the program. <laughs> Thank Hello, you. Doctor. Thank you. It's such a pleasure to be here and sending you all big virtual hugs with lightness <laughs> and joy. <Really? laughs> I don't know what we we kind of lost our our host here for this program. Uh, do we want to call you the Hug Doctor, Commander, or do you have no. a different name? What should we call you? Just, just Stone is fine. Stone or Dr. Stone, whatever is easier. Oh, okay. That, how how did you get come by the name the Hug Doctor? 
So basically, I had an urge to hug a stranger. I was on a tour of a Frank Lloyd Wright house in Pennsylvania. Oh, yeah, it's beautiful. Falling water? Yeah. Mm -hmm. What's that? Falling water, yeah. Falling water, yeah. Exactly, exactly. And I was going through some different personal growth work, and I saw this guy, and I was like, I feel like I'm supposed to give him a hug. But at the same time, that was like weird because I didn't know him. And that stayed with me through the whole tour. And at the end, I approached him and I was like, would you like a hug? And he hesitated for a beat. And he said, sure. And so we had a hug for like two or three seconds. And like you'd have with like a good friend that you haven't seen in a while. And that's when it first started clicking for me that hugs with strangers could be a really good thing. So that was kind of the beginning of my metamorphosis kind of into the hug doctor. And um, then there was another hug. Um, should I go to that one as well? Or sure. do we want to wait till everybody, is everybody back? No. Marietta? So, um. No, go ahead. Okay. Stone, Stone, I just wanted to just tell you that, um, my yeah. husband, Rama, he's going to go call her on the phone and see if she had some trouble with her microphone or something, because this is not like Marita to just be gone. <laughs> so he's yeah. doing some checking. Yeah, so please, please. I, we're, okay. all, we're, all, okay, we're all ears right now for you to talk okay, to us. Okay. Okay. <laughs> awesome. So um, thanks for letting me know that. So a few weeks later, I'm swimming in, in a pool in uh the, in uh, hot springs in Thermopolis, Wyoming. My family and I are like on a vacation and my daughter is like playing with another little girl in the pool and I'm talking to this guy in the pool and we're having a nice conversation and I'm getting this urge to give him a hug. But I'm like, I'm not going to offer this guy a hug in the pool. You know, it's just, it feels like too much. So I don't and you know, I believe in the space of a hug, you know, that when, like, the energy that we're sharing right now in this space, to me, is the space of a hug. And so I didn't feel like I needed to hug him. Well, I did feel like I needed to hug him, and I wasn't going to hug him in the pool right then. So I just said goodbye to him, wished him the best. And then the next day, I go for a jog, and I run into the same guy, and he's fly fishing on the side of the road. And so, you know, he stayed the night in, like, you know, uh, a big fancy truck he has. He's thinking about getting a second home there. He's from Colorado. And we end up talking for, like, 10 or 15 minutes. And we talk about being divorced. And we really connect. I just... And at the end... Go ahead. Can you hear me now? Yes. Okay. I just unplugged. I just unplugged and uh, plugged it back in. So I'm not sure. I didn't do anything and I haven't moved my um, USB, you know, plug in. But anyway, I'm happy to hear your uh, 
explanation here and continue uh, with yeah, with, uh, I'm your, so glad you're back. Uh, pool experience. Yeah. So, so after you know we shared about our experience of of being divorced, um, I had a a hug with him, and it was probably like a pretty long hug, um, like maybe ten seconds. And, you know, I pay attention to the length of hugs, and that, uh, that's something we could talk more about. But as I'm jogging away after having had this hug, I hear this voice that freaks me out. And it's in, in my head, and it's a booming voice. And it's like, you will write a book called Hugging Strangers. And all I could do was whisper, like, okay. Like that, I just said, okay. And ever since then, I see everything through the lens of a hug. And I've been passionate about sharing with people about hugs. And I've wrote, written a book called Hug Therapy, which is all about loving ourselves and spreading love in the world. So that's how I became the hug doctor. And how long ago was that? That's about two years ago. Two to uh-huh. three years ago. I'm bad with time, but yeah, let's, it's probably closer to three now. So, okay. and and the the book, I wrote the book Hugging Strangers, and then it, I wrote it as Hugging Strangers. It was a smaller book, and then it kind of transformed into Hug Therapy, which is more involved and it's about going on a 21-day hugging journey. So taking on spreading love in the world for 21 days, and that can be either self-hugs. So I'm expanding the, the definition of a hug to like literal hugs and metaphorical hugs. So it's, it's a, a tool for spreading kindness and loving ourselves and ideally getting people fired up about what they can do in the world and what they want to do. And so let me give the phone number for people to call in and ask questions and uh, participate with us on the call here. Um, If you'd like to uh, call in and talk to the Hug Doctor, 888-429-5471. 888-429-5471. A second number is 323-744-4841. So, excuse the interruption here, but I thought that way if people would like to uh, be part of the uh, conversation here, they could have a chance to call in. And, of course, um, all the... um, the panel members here, you chime in anytime you want as well. So, yeah, so sorry for I'd the interruption to, here. No, not at all. I'd love to have the support and the wisdom of the panel too, in that, you know, my book came out September 15th. And so it's pretty fresh off the presses. And it's not necessarily, you know, it's not spreading or moving as quickly or as powerfully as I might want it to be. And I had this sense that maybe 
the call tonight would provide some alignment that I'm kind of wanting or needing with spreading the power of hugs. So I welcome. You know, maybe that's the reason that that you were delayed from. Um, you know, uh, we had originally uh, talked about having you about uh, four or five weeks earlier. So maybe um, it was in divine order here that it become a little bit later, so that it could help with that uh, a distribution. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and I think I have to. I think that could be very much right, and also. You know, managing my expectations, and one of the things that I, I say to myself is, you know, one hug at a time. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I don't know. Um, one of the what things... Go ahead. I was going to say, Stone, what about group hugs? Well, yeah. I'm I'm all for group hugs and you know as long as you know I have a part about consensual hugging or not at all as long as everybody wants to be in a hug I'm encouraging people to have more hugs and also <laughs> to have much longer hugs cuz we we think there's some research to suggest after 20 seconds oxytocin is released so at that point it's good for your stress response your immune system, your sleep pattern, and your blood pressure. So there's a physiological response. It's kind of where hugging meets meditation. So, you know, I coach people, whether couples or friends, or on having longer hugs. And part of that is taking some deep breath in through the nose, out through the mouth, and really slowing down, being fully present in the hug. That's hard for a lot of people, I'm thinking. <clears throat> they experience trauma in childhood. Unless they really know someone very well, they're probably going to pull back and stay a little bit absent, you know, not quite fully in their body all the time, and particularly if they have to be near someone physically. Um, and this is something I find kind of difficult when, like, if I'm in, like, at, at a gathering or an event where I'm doing channeling or, you know, speaking, and people in a spiritual growth context will feel very familiar with one another, and it's hard for me, you know, um, to hug, especially men I don't know or have somebody put their arm around me. or It's, it's really... Um, it's really kind of strange and it's really difficult. I'm glad you put that bit in about everything being uh, making sure that the other person is okay. It's consensual and they're open to that um, because not everyone's comfortable with it. Um, but meanwhile, the, the, yeah, but yeah. meanwhile, those positive I, effects you're talking about are really wonderful, you know? Yeah. And I, I write about in the book, I call it radical transparency or truth in love. So really encouraging us to be very direct and honest with each other in a loving way. So if we don't want touch, to say that in a loving way. And if we want more touch or longer touch, to put that out there as well. Because, you know, we don't, it's hard for us to know exactly what the other person might want. And so, 
you know, to communicate that is really important. And then, you know, I like to say, like, if I said to you, you know, would you like a hug? And you were like, uh, sure. I would hear that as a no. Because I don't hear that you really want to have a hug. So, like, the nonverbal piece of it and, and being in a longer hug, like, let's say you said, you know, let's say we were all together in the same space and someone said, yeah, I want to have a 21 second hug with Stone. So we would get comfortable. We would start the hug. And one of the, the first things that I would say is we can stop at any point that you want. So the idea is that a hug is never like you're never feeling restricted or contained. It's, you know, at any point you can stop, yet you can have a longer hug and really kind of get lost in the hug if you want to, particularly with someone you feel you already know well and you're connected to, and also with other people that you feel a connection with, if that feels right to both of you. I have a friend who's a scientist, and he's not a big hugger by nature, but he's very open to, you know, kind of testing things out. And so he, we did it on video and we timed it and he said, yeah, I'll have a 21 second hug. And I ended up talking, we were having a conversation during the hug, which is one of the cool things about longer hugs. You can talk to the other person as well in a hug. We had a hug that was three minutes and 21 seconds. We weren't trying to have that long of a hug, but we did. And then after that, we had a 21 second hug and it felt super quick because we just had a three minute and 21 second hug. So, you know, time is, is relative and it's really a function that there's a a big existential piece to this movement about really appreciating the hug that we're having and never knowing that that might be our last hug with that friend or family member. That's interesting. You know, I wonder how much we talk about cultural and um, Randy, if you're on here yet, uh, he's over in Thailand. what uh, culturally hugging in in another country? How do you find that? It's some people are open to it, some people are not. And in public over here, it's not really an accepted thing. They have a different type of a greeting here that they use. And I find lately that because of the energies and the energies rising and people's awareness of their field around their body they're becoming more sensitive so you should really kind of feel things out before you just walk up and hug someone we're in in different countries in europe that's accepted and over here like i say it's a little bit different than and it's i found that some people will some people won't and then it's it's all a matter of interpreting what i call interpreting the energy that's going on at the time and someone that you know, or that's fine. But I mean, if strangers 
you have to really, like I say, I feel things out. I just say, okay, is this person ready for a, is this person even ready for a hug? And like Caroline said, a lot of people that were traumatized and they just don't, some people just don't want other people close to them. And this is part of the healing that is going on too. Yeah. Namaste. Thank you, Randy. Well, and I, from what you're saying, I don't think that's a lot different. Uh, I mean, it's just we have so many different uh, cultural practices in this country because of being such a mixing pot of people from everywhere and uh, uh, depends upon um, maybe the belief system, uh, whether we call that religion or whether it's it's family practice or uh, just a cultural thing that's been handed down. Um, the past shapes how we view things, although that doesn't have to be because there there was only one person in my family who didn't live close here, but this was an older aunt, and she hugged everybody, and no one else in our family ever did that. And I decided that I was going, you know, that I was going to just hug everybody. And now it's not um, a questionable thing, but a few years ago, that was very different because nobody, I mean, and I would say most of the family uh, were German and, you know, they were just not uh, huggers to begin with. So it can change if one person in the family decides to change that. Uh, I know that that's happened. And, and not all of them are huggers, but they all accept and expect me to give them a hug. Because that's they know that that's safe and it's okay. So, yeah, I was just going to well, say you you become the aunt or the grandmother, whomever who it's okay if she's a hugger, you know, because that's your mo. Go ahead, doctor. I'm sorry. No, not at all. Um, I I agree with you, and I think it's a, a beautiful example. And I think that it's it's really about being intentional with ourselves. And with other people. So, you know, I, I think the, the starting place in my mind is, you know, how often do we hug ourselves? And, and by that, I mean, be intentionally loving to ourselves or do things that feel good and take care of us. So, you know, that I think is a really valuable framework to a place to come from with all the different challenges that people deal with, you know, going through life. So once we're hugging ourselves, you know, which may need more like explanation or may sound funny, you know, people always say to me, you know, you mean like grab wrapping your arms around yourself and squeezing, you know, that's not really what I mean. Although that's not a, a bad thing either. I think it's about being intentional about hugging other people, people that we we love and care about. You know, so often we're in a big hurry. We, you know, a lot of people, especially, you know, in American culture, are racing from one thing to another. So even the people that we love the most, we often just give them like a little like rub their shoulder, like just a quick shoulder tap or like a, you know, a quick, quick kiss on the cheek. Love you. And then we're gone. 
And so this is about slowing down, like I was saying before, the existential piece of really being intentional with that hug. And if people want to find the book, and let's let's uh, talk about that a little bit, where they can go to look for that and uh, the exact name. So the book is called Hug Therapy, and it's available, you know, online at Amazon and Barnes and Nobles and your independent bookstores, so they can find it pretty easily. And they can also link to it from the website, which is the Hug Doctor. DrSpelledOut.com. It's the hugdoctor.com. Yes. The T H E hugdoctor.com. Doctor spelled out. Right. Okay. And is there information on, oh, there it is. Yes. There's information about where to get the book. So it's on Amazon. Excellent. Barnes and Noble. Oh, and the excellent. book. Oh, thank you. Thank you. The book is really designed to get people in action, hugging themselves and hugging others and even hugging like a cause or like a philanthropic, something that, that people are passionate about for 21 days. So the idea is that you're, you're going on a journey, a 21 day journey. So you might say, let's say that you're already doing meditation or let's say someone's just starting with meditation. I'm going to meditate for a minute each day for 21 days. And that could be your self hug. And then as you're, as you're doing that, you might extend the time if you wanted to, if that feels right or keep it at a minute. And it's really how it works for you, but you keep track of that. And ideally, you also have a hugging accountability buddy. So that is somebody who's also on a 21-day hugging journey who has their own thing that they're working on. Like, let's say that they're working on something with their diet. Like, maybe let's say that they're not going to eat sugar, they decide, for 21 days. Now, the two people who are on the hugging journey together can be in communication. They can also be in communication with me at the beginning of the journey and at the end of each week. And the idea is that as you're sharing, like I'm on day three of a 21-day hugging journey, you're just spreading the word about hugs more in the world. So as you're out and about or on social media, if you're, you know, a big... Instagram person or a big Twitter or Facebook, you can also be sharing, if you choose to, about your journey. And do you have anything on Facebook or on any of these uh, outlets at this time that people um, could um, join in rather than starting yeah, something and themselves? Definitely. And from the website, you can see, like, um, I've gone on and I have, um, uh, there's a hugging ambassador, Gary Havel Jr., who is a, um, a war veteran. And, you know, he's comfortable with me sharing his story, but he was very depressed and dealing with fibromyalgia. And 
once he went on his 21-day hugging journey, which he did on Facebook Live, so he shared on Facebook for 21 days, he had a transformation. So it's it's really powerful, and it's it's very individual what each of our 21-day journeys looks like. I often encourage people to to do it with someone who they're they're close to or they were really close to and they're kind of out of touch with and they want to be more connected with. You know, like let's say a cousin in another state or, you know, a family member that you, if it it brings you together because of the, the level of communication that you have for 21 days in a row, whether that's just a text or a phone call sometimes, or, you know, you can really do it however you want to. And we've done lots of different things where we've trained for a 5k and raised money for a 5k, um, working with a cause to help, um, people without homes. So, it, there's a lot of different ways to go about a 21-day hugging journey and a lot of different examples, like from the website. Um, yeah, so I get excited about it. And it's kind of... It, it's complicated because it's, it's so broad, and yet it's kind of neat some of the different things that people have come up with. Mm-hmm. And I think think sometimes people hear the 21 days and they're like, ah, I don't want to commit to 21 days. I don't know if that makes people less likely to engage. Um, But I want to help people to understand that you don't have to take it on in a way that feels daunting. You can start small because it's, you can go on, you know, I've been on a dozen or more 21-day hugging journeys, and it helps you to be in action, spreading love in the world, and taking care of yourself at the same time. Stone? Yes. I was going to say that um, I just remember back in the 80s, you know, with these crazy hippies that we were, and even before that, and we were hugging everybody, and everybody else thought we were just Looney Tunes, absolutely crazy, and um, and we started this uh, instead of a church, we called it the celebration, and you know every Sunday, and uh, uh, we did this thing where you know we had a large space, empty, you know, uh, and we used to do this thing where we would in a circle a big, big circle, Uh, we wouldn't just hold hands. We would hug each other. I mean, we had our arms around each other's waists, and we would sing while we were doing that. And then there was this other thing we used to do. We used to do this Sufi dancing where uh, (laughs) – And we did it at the World Symposium on Humanity, too, with, I mean, like 500 people outside in the Pasadena Mm -hmm area and and um we had our arms crossed in front of us and then we were all uh, uh holding another person's hand like that and we used to make like a a spiral and a snake and we used to go through and under somebody's arms 
And we all ended up, you know, in a circle still. Uh, uh, but uh, we would go on to the next person and the next person and the next person. And we're completely in a very, very close hug net. And, and then we unravel again. I, it, it's like exhilarating. It's like, you can't stop giggling sometimes. It feels so good. And it's almost like a spiral. You're wrapping around each other. And there's lots of, we've done um, lots of different things like where kind of free hugs type things or like I've been with like, you know, 20 or 30 people. And we've just shown up at the mall and offered hugs to people. And so, <laughs> And we, you know, kind of like a flash mob hug where like 20 of us, so like 10 different groups were just all hugging. And then people are just like walking through the mall. And then anyone that wants a hug, we're giving a hug to. But we're already like all in these really long hugs. And we've done some videos. And, and it's, you know, <laughs> the other thing I do is it's just kind of a little bit out of left field is I'll shave or have shaved the word hug in the back of my hair. So when I'm when I'm out and about, people will see that and then they'll ask me about it. And then if they want a hug, I'll offer them a hug. I wish that I could have like some kind of like a beacon that would just like show that anywhere I was, if people wanted a hug, they could have a hug and just like know, like I'm always open for a hug and I think that these these things and acts of kindness make such a difference to the vibration and I want to figure out how we can really have that blossom more and more absolutely let me give the phone number once more and see if uh, some of our listeners were paying attention before or didn't have their pen and pencil ready um, sure. If you'd like to call in and talk about something that you have done or ask the hug doctor a way to do get something started in your neighborhood, um, the phone number is 888-429-5471, 888-429-5471, or a second number would be 323 Four one, three two three seven four 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 eight four one. So, um, get in on the hug here, and uh, give us a call, and we will include you in the the circle of hugs tonight. <laughs> so, um, Doctor, something I'm wondering about: Do you see measurably different results as far as comparing how women? Um, benefit from this kind of therapy, if you want to call it, you know, therapy or help <laughs> or whatever, um, positive moment. Do you see a difference between how women benefit uh, and how men benefit? Well, you know, I think in a lot of ways, it really comes down to the individual one of the things, though, that men tend to do, at least American men, the way that we tend to hug is like, you know, men hugging each other is like a pat on the back. It's like yeah. one pat. 
it's like a hug, come together and one pat and then we're done. It's like, it's like, okay, we had our hug and now we're done. And I'm not knocking that because it's a meaningful way that men connect and we can slow that down more, you know, with, with Gary, um, who became a hugging ambassador, you know, we went from the one pat to three pat, you know, pat, pat, pat. But I went out to him. He, he was a mailman at the time and it was a frozen winter day. And I, I, I went out and I had asked him if he wanted a longer hug. We had, you know, a, a good 21 second hug and, and that hug, he felt very supported and, and, you know, nurtured. And from that, in that moment, he decided to go on a 21 day hugging journey. So I think Mm. that the power of a hug is something not to be underestimated. And the, the impact that one hug that we give to someone, the impact that it can have can be profound. You know, just somebody that we were talking to, you know, at the airport that we talked to for five or 10 minutes and we had a nice connection with. And usually you would just say like, you know, take care. It was great talking to you. Have a nice life or something like that. Yeah. Saying to that person, if it feels right, would you like a hug? You know, then you're having a hug in a public space. Let's just say it's two women, for example. You're having a hug in a public space. Maybe you're having a longer hug and people walking by are seeing that and they're feeling that connected energy. And then it, it's kind of like dropping a pebble in a palm pond and the reverberations that go out from it. So, yeah. you know, as far as men versus women, I think it has a lot to do with our learning history our individual learning history and we want to be really respectful of people's boundaries at the same time. And that's why, you know, it's, it's often a nice thing. You know, I can say to someone and I might be two feet away from them. I'm sending you a virtual hug with peace and joy and a little, little bit of, you know, just whatever, a little bit of sunshine or a little bit, you know, it's, it's the power of our words to express, how we feel that we don't have to bring physical touch into it if that doesn't feel appropriate. Yeah. I mean, um, here's a slight catch, (laughs) which is that one time (laughs) I was at a meditation group in Sedona, Arizona, which is all known as this hyper spiritual, you know, aware place. And I didn't understand what this woman was saying because she had a thick, like Swiss or French accent, but she was saying, do you want a hug or something like that? And my first, I didn't, I didn't understand what she meant. And then she came hug me and, and I realized what she was saying. And I didn't mind at all that she hugged me. She's very sweet. But I thought to myself, what, do I look like I need a hug? Do I look, <laughs> did I look like I was falling apart? <laughs> and the thing is, I had only lived there about maybe four or five months when I took that meditation class and I wasn't feeling very at home there. It can be a strange sort of place to live in some ways. The energies are um, very high in some ways, but also I found it a bit alienating to live out in the middle of the desert. And um, 
I don't sure. know. It, it, you know, has anyone ever said, oh, do I look like I'm, I'm about to burst into tears? Do I look like I've had a hard day or something like that? What would you do if someone were to say that? Um, so I would say whatever I was thinking or feeling in that moment. I generally say, you know, and it, it's, it's kind of a complex thing because, you know, as humans, we definitely, as, as babies, we do need touch, you know, and there have been studies without physical touch of a caregiver, you know, we don't survive. Yeah. At this point, though, as, as adults, I don't like to say that anybody needs a hug. So, you know, I, I more think you might want a hug or, I might offer you a hug, but I wouldn't say that somebody, I, I don't want anyone to feel judged like you need a hug, you know? <laughs> so yeah, I, it, it. <laughs> it, I wouldn't, I wouldn't frame it like that. I would yeah. more be saying like, yeah, I'd love to give you a hug or I'm available for a hug if you want one. And if not now, maybe at some other point, you know, it, I think that so often um, you know, I think we see this in our um, elder communities that a lot of times that there's not as much touch as people want. And we've, we've complicated touch so much that people are afraid to touch or don't even ask if somebody would like a hug or like, you know, their hand to be That's held or, you know, and so we we don't put ourselves out there. Yeah. And so there's so much. I think we become kind of antiseptic um, in American culture, you know? Yeah. Um, where and, it's and then too much is about touch, appearances. And um, we're touch deprived sometimes. sometimes when we offer a hug, it's not very genuine. But you're talking about something that's very heart-based. Yeah. And I think it comes down to each each interaction with each person. So I think it's, I think it's so important that it makes sense for us to be more aware of it and more aware of what we want. And if I ask somebody, would you like a hug? And they say, no, I, to me, I feel like they're giving me a hug by saying no, because I'm glad that they're being straightforward and telling me that they don't want a hug. That's good mm. to know. Wow. You know, so it, it's kind of, I'm seeing most things through that lens of hugging. I would encourage people, though, particularly with their family and friends, to more often say, would you like a hug? Or, yeah. I would like a hug. Or let's say you have a hug with a, a family member. Let's say it's two seconds or three seconds. And when it ends, you're thinking to yourself, you know, I'd really like another hug. You know, how many... How many people ask for a second hug when they would like one? You know, we don't hesitate to ask for seconds of like ice cream or pizza or, you know, like other things if we want to. When in that situation, our friend or family member might really like to give us another hug. Yeah. When you were talking about uh, um, older people, I think about how many of the people that are in nursing homes and those places that never ever 
get enough. Uh, that would be a wonderful place to practice the hug therapy uh, for someone. Uh, if you were working with, say you have someone there and maybe um, their roommate or their next door so that it could start to spread uh, because many of those people don't ever get that kind of touch. Yes, I think 100%. And my daughter and I have gone in and volunteered in, at a community. And, you know, it, it has its, its own challenges as far as, you know, everybody, you know, we need to respect everybody's boundaries and everybody feels differently. And, you know, if, if someone's like, you know, I've on Earth Day, I went and did a whole hugging thing and I you know, was down on the ground hugging someone who was in a wheelchair. And, you know, it's like, it's, it's just being the loving, caring beings that we are and expressing that in a way that works. And I feel like too often we're really held back or constrained for saying what's in our heart. Yeah. So that's that's the idea is to get us more in touch with that loving healing energy and it starts with ourselves. I feel like we tend to be as humans really hard on ourselves. Mhm. Well, and you know in our culture um most of I would say most of us who are a little older haven't didn't grow up with that because maybe that wasn't realized as a need or because of the, of the culture uh, it wasn't it wasn't part of it and so it had to be a learned response and until something like the hug doctor comes along or one of us goes out and kind of spreads this culture uh, it's foreign because it's not something that has uh, that we've been accustomed to in the culture. Yeah. Yeah. And in our relationships too, like I did a book signing the other night and a guy came and bought a book for his wife. And he said, you know, she's a big hugger and she wants me to be more of a hugger. And I want to be more of a hugger. And so I'm buying her this book. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, we just kind of talked okay. about, you know, like, and he was, you know, on the run and, you know, so he had me sign it quickly and I, you know, made a note to her and they may reach back out to me. And it, it's, it's kind of knowing our own comfort level and what we aspire to, you know, so you know, so for example, some cultures are a little bit more like touchy feely, right? Like they're more likely to have hugs, but I don't see that as like they're ahead of us or, or something like that. It's like whatever we're currently doing, the idea is to do more and longer and slow down and be more present. So, you know, if if in Brazil, you know, the, 
they're more likely to to give a hug. But they start to take that for granted, right? It's like the automatic hug or the automatic thing. And the idea with this is more intentional, more present. We have problems being present in our bodies, I think. Especially if we oh, stare at a computer yeah. today. It's disembodying to stare at a computer nonstop. <laughs> I so think instead you're of communicating you're... with a person, you really are uh, doing it that way. And I think also our kids that are on their phones continually yep. uh, are not learning to communicate with each other. It, they're doing it all through the, the phone medium, and that's... Uh, uh, it's like a step away from uh, connection, almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the fact that our phones are computers, you know, our, our smartphones, yeah. and we're, we constantly have them on us, and we're, you know, communicating so much through the different apps and the different, you know, looking up things on the Internet. It's, like, with us all the time. And to be yeah. able to, you know... To notice that and to, to move in the direction that we want to move in. You know, it's kind of like baby steps, you know, one hug at a time because it's not, we're not going to change our, our patterns, our way of being like all at once. And it's like, what direction do we want to move in? So the book looks at different areas of life because you can hug your fitness, you can hug your finances. You can hug your family. So you can focus in on any area for 21 days and hug that area. And what about uh, um, if we want to work with uh, the children um, that are on their phones continually? Um, have you had any experiences? Uh, you said you have a daughter. I didn't know if you might have ever done anything with children or in what age groups or how do you um, what would be some approaches or ways that we might uh, instigate that into uh, in that that age some of that age group yeah I have a whole um, uh, protocol for like how an elementary school teacher or a middle school teacher could take a classroom on a 21 day hugging journey. And (laughs) so basically the teacher works with the class and they determine what they want to focus on for the 21 days. And I have some teachers who've looked at it and we haven't, um, it hasn't happened yet, but basically it's focusing on them thinking about like what kind of self care they want to be doing and also some kind of project in the community at the same time so that it's, you know, landing on those different levels of taking care of self, being more connected to others and making a difference around us. Mm-hmm. And you know, I, know that's a pretty I wonder if the, if the kids, um, in, instead of, uh, hugging each other, 
they might be really more comfortable, uh, like you say, going to a nursing home or an elder care where they uh, could feel like they were doing a service to those people rather than hugging their other teenage friends or um, or even younger. Um, I don't know if that's true or not, but it feels like that might be uh, a way to uh, get it away from, you know, people are willing to do something for someone else that they don't do for themselves. And so this might be a way of, uh, of giving that could involve them. And then they would realize that they're getting the benefit as well. Yeah, I think exactly. And I think it's not necessarily the physical hug, right? Like it might be going, you know, to whatever place is, is, you know, wanting more contact from the kids and doing that in a consistent kind of way that that can make a big difference. But it's whatever the class decides together and then, you know, they're, again, motivated about, like, it, it's basically like, sometimes I like to think about it or talk about it like acts of kindness on steroids. I don't know if that lands or if that makes sense. Uh, my phone uh, or my uh, sound cut out when you were saying that. I don't know if it did for everybody else or whether. It's yeah. Yeah. So like, so like acts, acts of kindness on steroids. So like the idea is that the, to get the kids fired up about doing acts of kindness in, yes. in a 21 day window. And that could include lots of different things. Mm-hmm. And part of the power of it, I think, is if they determine what they want to do or what feels meaningful for them, and it's this mm-hmm. whole collaborative process. Mm-hmm. So, just to start the conversation with it and about it uh, is a major step because it's something that uh, we don't talk about in our culture. True. Yeah. I was just going to say that there's a school. It's um, in the San Juan Islands uh, off of, you know, the Northwest. And I can't remember the name of the island, but it's uh, a school where they don't go to school inside a school building. They have school outside every single day. Wow. And they go around hugging trees and, uh, you know, learning about growing things and creating a garden together and uh, and doing some fun things together. Like, um, I mean, every day is just not about sitting in a bench, you know, with those funny neon lights and, and, uh, and they're always outside. Winter, summer, rain, snow, it matters not. And... Um, and then there's this other thing that's just one thought, but the kids are just, they automatically hug each other. They say good morning and hug each yep, other. Yep. yep. It's, it does, it's like, what's the matter with you? You don't want to hug. <laughs> so, yeah. And, and, and the other thing is, um, well, this is a cool experience anyone, and you did a lot more of it than once, but, um, it was unique in the first place as uh, we get together in a large room with a rug on the floor and we lay down 
and somebody would lay their head on another person's stomach and then somebody else would lay their head on your stomach and then the whole group would do that and it would make kind of like a spiral too but we ended up giggling <laughs> constantly <laughs> it was a constant and it's absolutely fun it's just fun i mean fun is something that um you know it's like this is fun i'm having fun talking to you mr stone i think when she said that talking about mr stone isn't it interesting that you are talking about something soft and um, you know, changing from that stone-like way of being in the world with other people to something that's connecting. Yeah. Well, it's you know my my given name is Stephen with a V, so Stephen Michael. And when I wrote the book, I felt compelled to have my pen name be Stone, and then. I was like, this feels right, Stone. Like, it feels so I legally changed my name from Steve to Stone. And really, the difference between Steve and Stone is two letters. So an EV just went to an ON. And so when I'm thinking about hugging and spreading the power of hugs, and I'm talking about it, or I'm having a hug, or I'm on. I didn't, you know, that's what happened is I put an O-N, an on, into Steve, and it's like, you know, I get fired up, and I feel like this is my mission, this is what I'm supposed to be doing, and so I appreciate you all having me here and giving me that space. Well, we are grateful that from the time you have given us, let's um, review uh, all your contact information here and the name of your book and et cetera uh, before we go. So uh, how will people find you if they would like to do this? Because all of this is archived and many people um, listen to it after it's posted on BBS. So uh, perfect. Yeah. Well, so it's, thehugdoctor.com and at my website you know you can connect to everything all the different social media it's the so t-h-e just in case the connection is not clear hug and then doctor spelled out dot com and my book just came out last month is called hug therapy and And they can now find that of the book it's of hug therapy it's a 21 day journey to embracing yourself your life and everyone around you okay that sounds good uh is there anything anyone else on the team here that wants to uh say anything uh dr stone here before we close out for the night I know there's this thing. Um, I just got to tell you this, Stone, because it relates to your name that you changed your name to. Um, 
I I knew these people like at the very beginning when we were starting to work with what we do is uh, talking about the Sara law. And uh, this was way back in the 80s. And there was this character. And he, you know, he was kind of stoic in nature, you know, and all kinds of things going on with him. But he used to always say to me when I would come in the door, oh, here comes hug a rock, kiss a tree. <laughs> so there's your name stone hug a rock kiss a tree okay i love so it just... <laughs> uh, uh, well and you know the other thing about stone is and you know i write about this in the book is i think that we're all perfect whole and complete like a piece of nature and we lose sight of that sometimes you know like if we see a leaf whether it's green or 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 red or it's you know it's like we get that it's a perfect part of nature it's the way it's supposed to be it's it's nature but we tend to kind of beat ourselves up sometimes and so if we can remember that we're a perfect part of nature, that also fits in nicely with the, the stone piece, I think. Mm-hmm. Well, we thank you so much for uh, giving your time and sharing with our audience. And uh, we hope that uh, they gain something from this <clears throat> that they can do uh, to improve their own happiness and health and that of all the people they associate with, whether it's family or friends or just how they choose to spread the, um, the hug. Um, everybody will have to do it in the way that's comfortable for them. So we're grateful to exactly. you and, and to all the team members uh, for Stargate Roundtable. We invite you to come back next Thursday night and uh, we begin at uh, uh, nine o'clock Eastern, and our guest hour is ten o'clock Eastern. So, anyone else have anything to say as we sign out for the night? Just wanted to say thank you so much, Doctor. Really, really wonderful movement you've started, and I hope it goes far. <laughs> all thank right. you, thank you. It's been thank such a pleasure. Everybody. Big, big hugs to you all. Thank you, and we will. Thank you. Uh, see you another time. So uh, thanks to Sounds all of our good. listeners. We uh, we thank you for being there, and we look forward to seeing you next Thursday night. So Here's good night, all. Everyone, good night. Namaste. Night. Good morning, so, 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 Randy and uh, what's the name? What? Oh, my goodness. Simba. <laughs> Simba. Right. Simba. And his little oh. sister Claudia. <laughs> well, we will see all of you next Thursday night. So, good night, all. Good night. Good night.